you know the line. And if you don't, you're on the bench until you watch the League of Their Own. <laughs> kind of goes like this. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> and as funny as that scene was, uh, we do not live in that world anymore. <laughs> not only is there crying in softball, there's a lot of it. And not just the sensitive athletes or the quote-unquote mentally weak ones. Even the toughest, most talented athletes tear up nowadays. So listening to today's episode for a couple of reasons why and why it's actually a gift to us coaches. All right, let's do this. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. We've got part two of the Madawan High School journey today. So, Alicia, we're just going to jump right in. So we left off uh, last time, roll right into what's going on now in the world of Wildcats softball. Well, it is now the middle of April, and it has decided to turn really, really cold and snow. So we Classic. Had, yep, <laughs> we had a uh, a weekend scrimmage or excuse me a weekend tournament canceled because it was too cold. Um, we tried to maybe move around another game maybe locally and that didn't work because it was too cold. Um, and we had a couple other double headers that we had to reschedule. So what's hard about rescheduling high school softball for those coaches is that you have limited amount of space to move games. So when you're shifting many games from April to May, you start to really backload um, at the end your schedule. And that's not something you really want, but we had to practice inside and, you know, it got very mundane and boring. And so the, I guess the good thing is with that part, we got to spend some more time um, than, than I have actually in the past. We, we spent a lot more time in this section, just this one week of games on mental so that was really where we started to drive home some of these very specific things. Yes, I do it all the time. I incorporate that stuff every week, but we had a, a, a renewed focus, I guess, because we had all this downtime um, from playing games. So we were able to talk about a lot of the lessons learned and we just hit a lot. So that's about all we could do in pitch. Obviously we did a lot of live, but you could tell the girls were like, oh, another day inside. And we're like, yeah. So, but that's part of it, right? So it's that kind of that uh, challenge of being in, uh, playing some games, beautiful weather, then all of a sudden it turning too cold and you have to, about a week, you, you pay, take off for games. So then we had an opportunity to go to our first um, tournament because the other- Nope, I'm gonna pause you there. I wanna hear more about um, the difference to you between the mental training you did that week versus your day-to-day -day usual stuff. Yeah. So this was more individual focus, right? So we had a lot, in, most, most of the stuff that we do right at, at Matawan is very team oriented. Yes. We have some, um, obviously mental, uh, training for some specific targeted positions, like different things for pitching. And my pitching coach had come up because she had played for me, had come up with some really great specific drills, you know, incorporating a lot of the mental training, uh, right then and there. So it's a little bit easier, I think, to, to do that when you are focused with, um, individuals, right. And you can kind of target what that individual is struggling with, as opposed to 
overall team mental training, right? Or overall putting them in pressure drills. So that was really good because we could see some of the things that the kids were struggling with a little bit. So it was very targeted to each individual, right? We, we developed some very specific hitting drills, right? And then we would pause and have conversations um, to really kind of incorporate that. Um, that's kind of what we were doing during that time. And I thought it was um, very beneficial. Although I will say, you will not always see the results immediately, right? And you just- Often keep, won't. Often won't. <laughs> Which is why people bail on it. Like, no, don't, exactly. don't give up on it. <laughs> exactly. And it's just the same analogy, right? Like if we're going to practice um, slapping and we're turning, we're turning someone around, for example, from the right hand side, <laughs> right? how many uh -huh. do they need? It's the same thing with the mental um, training and, and working with those mental skills. So that was- um, that was good. And, and you'll see why, as we talk, why or where I feel this definitely paid off. I love it. And to dig a little more into that, like I now, because I learned that lesson on accident, <laughs> like breaking it down individually versus also getting team stuff. Like to me, it was uh, the team challenges and like pressure, that kind of stuff is more like prepping them, mm -hmm. almost like conditioning. Um, if you're going to, equate something physical and then to me the individual time is more like the training room <laughs> so like i know we have a lot more training room than a lot of high schools but everyone knows like you go to the trainer to prevent and fix so it's like deeper more personal topics which i love yeah and we were able to kind of stagger some right so the whole team isn't there at one time and you can just have pitchers and catchers come in and you can have these side conversations like what are you really struggling with and um i i will say again my pitching coach emily did such an amazing job um of recreating some of these pitching drills that she went through right and and really being able to have those conversations with their pitchers one-on-one -on -one. you know that's the toughest position right and how do you feel when you know, you, you walk the batter or give up a home run. So those were the little conversations she had constantly with them. And I think again, that one-on-one -on -one time uh, really paid off. So I will take that winter break, so to speak, even though it wasn't necessarily great outside, it was, it, it was, was a winter break. Yeah. <laughs> after was, spring break. <laughs> it was another, Yes. After spring break, which was gorgeous, of course. But I think that you just got to keep putting those deposits down. Right. And, and eventually, eventually they pay off. Ooh, good. Okay. Sorry to interrupt, but that was, I know I can hear coaches being like, Ooh, what'd you do? What was going on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. All right. Sorry. You may continue talking about the tournament now. <laughs> okay. So we, we then had our first, you know, three, three game tournament on a, on one Saturday and, you know, keep in mind, we had the first couple double headers were really good. Uh, I, I talked about how we were in mid season form and how they were celebrating things and we were hitting bombs all over the place. And we were waiting for the other shoe to drop almost because I'm like, this, this can't be like, you know, in the back of your mind, this, this is not possible. You hope it is, but you know, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and boy, did it drop with like a ton of bricks that Saturday. And I was like, you, you watch them play and you're like, did you forget how to play the game? And I know that coaches see this all the time and you're like, what is going on? Right. How do you go from this to that? How Who are you? you? Where's my team? You? Yes. Where's my team? <laughs> And we talk constantly about not taking steps backwards, right? We always strive to take, even if it's a half step forward, don't take those steps backwards. And, you know, I think in our minds as coaches, it's this linear progression where we're always getting better, but that's a load of crap and we all know it. 
but how do we deal with it, right, is, is really the issue here. So I, at first, it's almost shocking because you're like, oh my God, where did my team go? So, and we forgot how to hit, we forgot how to pitch, and we forgot how to field all at once. And it was a complete disaster as far as, as far as playing those games went, right? Did we have some positive things? Of course we did. But as coaches, as you know, you only tend to have those focuses on the negative pieces and what happened, right? You start questioning yourself a lot. You're like, what do we need to do? How do we better prepare them? Maybe those first two games were just an anomaly. Like, how do we work through this? So we spent the next couple of weeks going through this and it, and it just seemed like the harder they tried up to bat, the worse it got, right? And we all have had those. Then we go to a really good tournament over on the east side and we're facing top 10 teams and this is not unusual for my schedule um we ended up playing 17 ranked teams this year out of 30 some um and i i strategically plan those right so we can make sure that we are ready for postseason so another weekend tournament and it just it doesn't go well again we were one and two in this tournament, just like we were one and two in the previous tournament. Now we were playing better competition, obviously, but I felt like the nerves got the best of us. Um, we were making too many mistakes on the def on defense, walking too many batters on offense. Uh, we or excuse me on defense, and we weren't scoring enough runs on offense, um, which is <laughs> that's not how you win games, right? We all know that. So, not really any facets of the game were going well, but they seemed to be a little bit better. And so, but the one shining moment was my pitcher, my, my number one pitcher who just had this attitude. I don't care. I don't care about the result today. And it was the best game I've ever seen this kid throw. And she shut out uh, the number two team in the state two zero. And my freshman accidentally ran into a ball and put it over the fence. So that's how we won two zero. And that was a bright spot for sure. It was a great way to end the day that had not gone well. Um, but the interesting thing about this particular tournament is I had a couple kids come up with me. So I had a total of 16 with me. And out of the 16 kids throughout the entire day, 12 of them had cried or had tears in their eyes at some point during the day. After a strikeout, after a game, after dropping a fly ball, one was worried about her sister and I, and I could not, I, this is the first I've ever seen so many tears with the exception of when your last game is over and you, your season is done. Right. And it was the strangest thing I've ever seen and very confusing. So I took some time in between games to chat with people like, Hey, what's going on? Why are you so upset? You know, lots of hugs. And one girl was just really, really upset because she was worried about her sister who was on the team as well. I had another senior who was really upset because she was stressing about a test that she had and some papers and the fact that she was going to college in four months and she wasn't ready and all the things just came out. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So this is what I realized. These are the things that these kids are worried about. These are the real life stresses that these kids have. Tests, homework, uh, performing on the field is one of them, but it's not the only thing. They're worried about what's going on at home with their friends and their family, the fact of their future. And, and the interesting thing is, by the way, on the way to this tournament, we went over a Friday night together as a team and we went to the U of M uh, softball game 
which was really cool. It was a great team bonding experience. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we ordered pizza and all ate it in the hotel. We just, it was great for the kids because that's the first time in what, two years they've been kind of normal with something like that. And they just had a blast, right? And so then we go to the, the next day, we, we have this tournament and all of these worries start coming out. In addition to some of the conversations I had with my players, right? And in, in the, and traveling over there. And I asked them, what do you worry about? because this was unfortunately right after that horrible incident with the catcher at JMU. So it was really on my mind. And one of the seniors said, I don't know, coach, I just worry. I don't know what I worry about, but I just worry all the time. So this, this really hit me hard because, right, we have a purpose as coaches, right? Of course, we want to win games. Of course, like we want our kids to play the, you know, perform on the field. But these kids needed so much more this year. And that was my mission for the rest of the season to help them through these things, to give them a safe place, to be able to communicate, to talk, to share their fears and to know that everything was okay. And I had parents throughout the season say, do you get hazard pay? Are you a counselor too? Cause I see you talking to them more than I ever have. And I said, yeah, and that's okay. Right. So you, you set aside sometimes these frustrations about, not winning games and <laughs> them not being able to perform on the field because really that's what's super important. And ironically, that same week, I had a knock on my door out of nowhere, was not expecting this knock on the door. I was working from home and it was one of my former players who was now in her thirties. And she, I opened the door and she was crying and she said, coach, I need help. And I thought in that moment, thank God she came. And that helped me, right? through the rest of the season, because these kids, they needed something else, not the damn game. So that was the hardest part, right? Like letting go of that as a coach, I am the most competitive person you'll meet. And I know that that's an argument between you and I all the time as a joke, but man, is it hard sometimes, but those kids grab my heart. And that's, that was my focus for the rest of the year. And it didn't matter that we weren't very good because that's what happens sometimes. We were not good sometimes on the field. And I had that, that conversation with one of my assistant coaches right in the middle of the game, man, we were just falling apart. And I said, you know, we're not that good and that's okay. We're here for a different reason for these girls this year, right? That's super important to me. And that was our focus. Did that mean that I didn't get upset or frustrated with them? <laughs> Absolutely not. Because my expectations for them is always about effort because that is something you can control. And so as we move forward, we still kind of struggled um, through the season. We would win one, we would come from behind, or we would just have a disaster game. And it was really up and down. And we just kept plugging away and kept cheering them on and kept telling them it's okay. You know, again, kept giving hugs and like, it's okay. College is four months away. Just really enjoy the moment. Be here with your teammates, whatever it may be. So then we play the defending state champs in May. We're moving on to May now. And it was our pink game. So we had tons of people there. It was a huge day. It was a gorgeous day. And um, this pitcher is very good. Obviously, she's only a sophomore. She won the state finals um, as a freshman. Um, she's, she's got a lot of speed and she's just a very good pitcher. So after two games were over, we lost both and we struck out 31 out of 42 times. It was, <laughs> I, I was lost. Hot dang. Good job, yeah. girl. 
I was a loss for words <laughs> because I'm like, okay, like she's the number one pitcher in the state as far as, as far as most people are concerned. Right. She's obviously very good. Yeah. And obviously can't touch her. That's a tip of the hat moment. Like, okay. oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Here we go. <laughs> but you know, the interesting thing is one of my kids said, one of my seniors said they're going to regret pitching her twice against us because there's a possibility we might meet in the state tournament. I thought, okay, I love the attitude, right? And this particular player of mine, my catcher, senior, had really struggled a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're watching a kid up to bat. I wish, I wish our listeners could see your face then. You know the face you just made. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, it's, and it's heartbreaking because you know when the kid is swinging, she isn't even close. The ball is three feet above the bat. She's not even seeing the ball. You all have coached long enough to see kids do this, right? And there's nothing you can tell that she wants so desperately to fix it. She wants so desperately to get a hit. She wants to be there for her team and she can't. The harder she tries, the worse it gets. But there's not a darn thing you can say, right, to her. There's nothing to fix physically. And I think that that's all the time what some, you know, coaches go to. Well, let's go in the cage. That's, that's not it. Right. Or my girls would try to be like, coach, can you stay extra? I'm like, yeah, but, oh, yep. 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 Nodding my head yeah. ferociously. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the whole team was struggling offensively. We couldn't buy a run. We couldn't buy a couple hits in a row. And so, you know, but we just kept trying to focus on the positives and the effort. That's all I ever cared for them is to give me your best effort every single day. And as we always say, if it's not there today, it's okay. Give yourself some grace, right? So then we play the number two team, I believe in division two, the two days after we just got destroyed by number one team in the state for division one. And they, I don't know if they were tired. I, I don't know if they gave up. I don't, I really don't know. And I, I, and I think if you ask them, they won't really know either. But I would say once a season, I have a come to Jesus moment. And this was it because we weren't diving for balls. We were half swinging. We were taking pitches, way too many pitches, and we were not competing. And I told the girls, we are fortunate enough to have a nice locker room out um, beyond left field that we weren't going to go to left field. We were going to go to the locker room. So I let them in there for a minute or two. You know, it's kind of like when you're in trouble and you send your, you send your kid to their room and let them think about it for a minute. And I was just, I was really mad. And again, I know I just talked about why I was there and the season, why it was important, but the effort was so horrible. I was, I was that angry. So I let them sit in there for a minute and then I walked in and I stood right in front of that whiteboard where they had their culture words on there. And they had their three goals and I focused right on the culture. And I said, are you doing any of this? And I, and they, I mean, of course they're not really going to answer because they're scared because <laughs> I'm so frustrated. And I just, I called them out because I had written them a letter actually before that game, believe it or not, it was ironic. Um, it was kind of like a, from the heart letter where I was like, Hey guys, like, I have really screwed up a lot in my life. And this is why I am who I am today. I've screwed up as coaching. I've, you know, as a coach, I've screwed up in a game. I've made the wrong call. I've said the wrong thing. I've screwed up as a mom. I've screwed up as a wife and a friend. 
and I've heard, you know, all the things. And I listed a ton of things that I've actually screwed up in, but that's why I am who, or who I am today and why I am the coach I am, why I am the mom I am. So my message was, don't be afraid to fail because it makes you stronger. So I got even more mad because I'm like, I just put my heart out to you guys on this letter and you didn't even like translate it to effort on the field. So I, I guess the motivational speech that doesn't yeah, land. You're like, what exactly, the heck? Exactly. <laughs> and I think I'm really good at that. And I'm like, this is going to be so, it's going to land right. Nope. Wait, I don't know if it went over their heads or they just didn't care. I mean, there's all those possibilities. But the more F- distracted from all the stuff they're dealing with. All the stuff, right? And you kind of take it personal sometimes, right? You're like, come on, that was so good. For sure. <laughs> but I told them in the moment that I just wrote this letter to you. You've told me all these things that you want to accomplish. And you, sh- you shared with me what your culture, what you want it to be. And you weren't living it. So I will call you out on it. And it's not okay. I think I slapped the whiteboard a couple of times in my hand. And then as I'm walking out, one of the things they wanted to hang in the locker room was a Jersey because one of their goals, I believe we talked about this last time was to protect the program, right? So they wanted to make sure that we hung a Jersey that said Madawan on the front, right next to the door they exited. So last thing I said was, and last thing you should do before you leave this room is touch this Jersey and remember it's a privilege to wear it. And then I stormed out. Classic, classic line. <laughs> and the assistant coaches just all got in line and followed me right out. And we just left and we let them sit there. And I, and I told them, you know, at the end of the day that they weren't, they don't come out until you're ready to play. Don't come out until you're ready to give me the effort. I do not care about the result. And I said that over and I've said it through the entire season. I don't care about the result. I don't care about the outcome. I care about the effort that you give. And that you are following the things that you said you wanted to follow. So the second game was better. We had a chance to win at least. So I didn't expect this massive turnaround in one game because that's a lot to handle, right? But we had only a few games left in the season and this was really important. So after that game was over, I just sent him home and I think we gave him a day off or something. And then I came back and I was like, I walked into the locker room. I was like, okay, guys. This is the best part. This is, we have eight, we have a brand new season. I said, welcome to the 2022 softball season. They all looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, it's only an eight game season. We only have eight games left, but it's an eight game season. So these are the two things that if you do, you can win, win the game. You need to give me your best effort and need to have fun. And if you do that in our minds, we will win. I don't care about the outcome. I don't care about the score. I don't care if you actually win the game or not. Our focus are those two things for the last eight games. And I said, are you guys still shooting for your goals? Because the goal on the left-hand side of the board, as I pointed to it, was win state championship. And I said, are you still wanting, is this still a goal of yours? Because I need to know. And they were like, yeah, yeah. It's okay. You want a heart to heart? Because this is what it's going to take for you guys to do it. Are you ready to hear the truth? Yeah. Okay. I said, this is what I see. Tons of crying. I said, I understand why you cry because you're frustrated with yourself and you want to do well. I love that about you guys. I think that's great. Everyone wants to do well. I said, but it's kind of like when you're in a dark room and you have a flashlight and you point it to the corner of the room. What is the only thing you see when you point this flashlight? 
to the corner of the room. The corner of the room? Exactly. So this is what's happening every time you cry in the middle of the game because you personally don't do well. You're walking over to the bench and you're picking up the flashlight and you're pointing it at yourself. And you're not pointing it at your team, which is the thing you said you wanted to do based on your culture words and your goals. So the only way you're going to even have a snowball chance in hell to even participate in the state tournament or to, to win, you know, state champs and even do anything in the state tournament is that if you now for the next eight games, come into the dugout and pick up that flashlight and point at your teammates, the only way. So then I went around and I asked every kid by name, are you in, are you in, are you in Maddie? Are you in Alyssa? Are you in Hannah? Yes, yes, yes. Said, okay. All right. Game season starts now. So this is our focus for the rest of the season. Let's go. And for the next six games, they, they had a lot more fun. They were more relaxed. They did a great job of changing that perspective and cheering on their teammates and not having the crying sessions. Were they frustrated at times? Yeah, of course. And and during this time, one of my players, my catcher, who couldn't hit the broadside of a bar, God love her, don't know why, she's a great hitter. She just, this was after the game when she was by herself in the dugout. We were away, right? She was the last person in the dugout. And her dad was standing at the end of the dugout far enough away because he was just kind of waiting for her to help her with her stuff. And he kind of just let me sit there with her and she just collapsed and started crying, bawling. And I said, girl, it's okay. She goes, I know coach, but I can't hit. And I said, you know what? There's no rhyme or reason right now. And the harder you try, the worse it gets. But the only thing you can do is get up, try again tomorrow. And if you don't do well tomorrow, you got to get up and you got to try again the next day. And we recently just had lunch before she went to college. And she said, coach, I will never forget that conversation we had in the Lakeshore dugout. I said, great. I love that because you're going to get knocked down again and you just got to get up and try again. So I think that really helped her because she started seeing the ball, like she started hitting it harder, you know? And so it was much better for her because I think she was able to kind of let go of all that pressure and stress, which as coaches, we see with our kids all the time and kind of knowing what was going on with all of them, right? After all this time, we've had more and more conversations. What's really going on? How do you really Mm -hmm. feel? And those are the things that allows me to have these personal one-on-one conversations with the kids to just help them through and to give them a big hug. And her dad later thanked me for that, you know? And I was like, you don't need to thank me. Like, this is why I'm here. But I mean, she's really struggling and don't go home and have her hit in the cage. Yeah, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Harder, more reps. No, I'd rather you go get ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would rather say, hey, where do you want to go get something to eat? Because I always say ice cream fixes everything. So right. find the closest ice cream shop, right? Yeah. Food, everything. Or always any a kind of food, it's ice cream for me. I'm just like. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. But we finished really strong. We had some great wins against some really tough teams. And I just felt like, okay, because my goal for them at the end of any season, regular season, is to be as ready as they can be for postseason, And I feel like at that point, my job is done, right? I, I get the best seat in the house from third base dugout or in the dugout, or excuse me, third base coaching box or in the dugout. 
wheel my arm a little bit. That's all I got to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I do, you know, and, and that is totally the best part is that I, I ask them to take a different perspective and not be selfish and put it on your teammates and be there for each other and play for Manawan on the front of the Jersey and all the things as coaches that we say, but it doesn't matter unless they put it together and they get it right. And we didn't win the conference. That was one of our goals, but we were able to kind of focus on some of the things that was helpful to us, right. To continue to protect the program, make past players proud was a big one for them and leave their own legacy, right? These were the things I think that were more important to them than the, the goal. So when we set up our goals, I think it's super important that you don't just set the goal. How are you going to get there? And what are you going to do? Right? So under protect the program was, were a few things, but those were the highlights, right? Make past players proud and leave our own legacy because this was my 22nd year coaching varsity, 25th overall. So they were team 22. That's what they call themselves in 2022 leave a legacy. They wanted to leave their own legacy. And what did that look like? And I brought that up in conversations all the time. Right. And then to win a state championship, what are some of the things they had to do? They had to be selfless. They had to give everything they had at practice and all the other things. So those were really important to them. And I felt by the end of the season, they had really kind of turned that around. Were they playing the best ball I've ever seen a team play? No, <laughs> but I could, I could sense that they were changing the way they thought about things. They were definitely more of a team than they had been. And the leaders were doing an amazing job of leading and, and the energy was there. Can't ask for anything more. Oh, if I could bottle up energy, oh, I'd be a millionaire. If we could bottle it up and sell energy, it would be. Mental Sweet Spot would be a billion dollar company. <laughs> it was that easy, right? You know? And there's no secret sauce. You just got to keep pushing and, 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 you know, put them in those team bonding situations where they can really just, and you've got to have good leaders that really influence mm -hmm. the others. And, and that's what I always yeah. ask them to do. I need you to influence others, not tell them what to do. And, and how do we move forward in being the best versions of ourselves? And who cares if you win or not? Because if you're the best version of yourselves and you can walk on that field knowing you did everything you could, that is when I'm a happy coach. So I'm gonna stop you here. Sorry, folks. Can't wait till next episode. <laughs> we'll talk about postseason. It was okay. Just kidding. Don't want to foreshadow anything. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you very soon, folks. And that is a wrap on today's episode. So if you wish you had the skills and the strategies to help your girls ditch the tears like Alicia did, we catch you. To bring in Alicia to consult directly with your team and teach them the mental skills, just like softball skills, that allow them to play for the team, email alicia at mentalsweetspot.com. That's A-L-I-C-I-A at mentalsweetspot.com. And if you personally want to learn some of the strategies Alicia and I both use to pull out their strengths, get them over that hump, and really play their best, reach out to me at mel at mentalsweetspot.com and join our coaching programs. And you should know. Teams who commit to the full program with Alicia also get the coaching program as a bonus. All right, so we hope to see you soon. Otherwise, have a good day.